So my next guest on the Scottish CEO show is serial entrepreneur, apprentice finalist, super mum, and my apprentice best pal, the amazing Rochelle. Rochelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bruce. I what need to intro. also give everyone a disclaimer. We have just recorded a full hour and it wasn't recording. <laughs> but let's just say we're here and we're about to give you the best podcast there is. We are actually sat here in what I would call our place, but it's actually called Our, our place. place in Milton Keynes. So thank you so much for hosting us today and hosting the show. Rochelle, I like to take it right back for the guests. Let's just tell me, what was life like for you growing up? So I definitely had a real, very normal upbringing. It was a kind of fairy tale. My mum and dad gave me everything. I was definitely their little princess. But one thing is I wasn't pampered. They always gave me chores. They would take me into their business and show me like how to run things. Um, so I always had a lovely upbringing. It was nice holidays. And if we couldn't afford the holidays, it was like days out and trips. Oh. And the one amazing thing that I've also taken into my family now is that they always and we always ate dinner together. I love that. I never had or missed a meal time with them unless it's like Valentine's and they were doing something separate. And I think that's so nice because it's the one chance in our day that you get to sit down and say, how are you? How and was it, your day genuinely? How, yeah, how, how was your day? So yesterday I actually met Rochelle's mum and dad and honestly, I don't think I have met people that are prouder. They were such nice humans and we were actually celebrating your birthday last night, but we've also got news to celebrate because she's a bloody finalist. <laughs> um, so well done, Rochelle. I'm just so, 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 so proud Thank of you. you. And I'm just so excited to see what happens next. And I think it's so important to talk about that. So let's talk about, you know, what were you like at school? How did you end up at The Apprentice? How were you, Rochelle, created? So I was on all my reports told Rochelle is cheeky, she Talks disrupts, she's easily in, uh, disrupts others. Um, and I think when you get that on your school report, they're the kids that went on to become entrepreneurs because I didn't like the network to know. I don't really think I like that structure of having a being boss told what to do. Being told what to do, yeah. I like to do the bossing. So, yeah, it was, um, I did actually enjoy school. I was always kind of in the middle. I was never really with the popular kids and the cool kids and the geek. I was like in the middle, I was friends with everyone. And I think that's why I'm so wholesome and grounded and I can talk to anybody on any level because. I went to private school and then I went to a upper school, which was like a grammar school. And then I went to a grammar school. So I always had so many different walks of life and it just makes you come out your shell when you start a new school, when you- It's like life skills, isn't it? It's exactly, like when you're dropped into skills. a new environment, almost like the show, it's when you're dropped into a new environment and you're almost forced to sink or swim. Yeah. So I suppose the next thing I want to cover and I want everyone else to know is you now own the Dolls House, which is just around the corner from here. I've actually just saw it. The salon is massive. And not only is that, you've got so many other businesses that are under your space. You know, you've got aesthetics, you've got everything else that's there. But you didn't leave school and go and become a hairdresser, did you? No, I didn't. My mum actually really <laughs> tried to put me off and sway my decision. Um, and I went to uni and I kind of was like, here's the degree, that's for you guys. Tell me what did you do. study? So I did media performance with theatrical hair and makeup because um, I was always singing and dancing as a kid, <laughs> always. And 
up in a performance with my mum and her poor friends when they'd come home for dinner. I'd be like, I'm going to go do a routine. I'd come down with my hairspray and be like, ah, and literally be dancing around the room like an idiot. And yeah, I was an attention seeking child. I don't know if you can tell. Well, I would have been great in I the was just going to say, you would be a brilliant student. For I the Maybe you'll be a student in the theatre school of England when it opens. There we go. You never know. My kids will be absolutely loving it there because they're exactly the same. Hallie gets, we've got like a little paper, she gets onto it and it's her stage. And she's like, get off my stage. And I'm like, okay. Do you not think that's mental though that you and me both studied like such a similar thing? We then met on a TV show and now we sit here yeah. in a podcast. I just think the world works in magical ways. So let's, Everything is aligned in its way, and we were definitely destined to meet. 100%. And I also think there's so many things that would have blocked it before that. Like, I actually had, like, you know, I hadn't actually watched the show. You were supposed to be on the show before. So let's just talk about what everyone probably wants to know, is after creating and establishing the Doll's House, which is an amazing brand that you've got. How long has it been open? 11 years? 12. 12 years. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. 12 years, you decided to apply for Lord Sugar's Apprentice. Tell us about that. So this was actually the third year of me applying. So that's an exclusive. Yeah, and I think a lot of the candidates, you actually get told in the audition, and you can tell when they like you, you kind of get through to the next stage, to the next stage, and you, you start to know the production team and the crew, and they say to you, like, look, if you don't get through this time, it's nothing on you. It's just maybe because someone in the lineup has a similar business to yeah. you. They have a similar look, similar name from a similar place, things like that. So when I... Um, so when I actually got on, it was COVID year and there wasn't a show. So they were like, we're really sorry. Like you've done really well, but there's no show. And the whole of TV production shut down. So they said reapply because it's BBC. Wow. So the next year I reapplied, but I wasn't myself. I do think that the pandemic had really affected my um, self-esteem, my confidence. And I don't think, and that's never, ever happened to me before, but I was on the rise of my business. My business was like Flying. going from strength to strength. I'd just moved into a big location. I was empowering other women by letting them have that space within my building. And then I was like, okay, I've got loads of beauticians that have left me now because they have to go and get jobs in Tesco's and offices. And I kind of felt responsible, like... I think it's so important and it's so... Uh, for me, I'm, like, so transparent that you're talking about that because every single business suffered during COVID unless you sold PPE, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's so important to be raw and transparent about that because yeah. what we saw last night is that you actually were transparent and I think, yeah. look at where that's got you. Because I owned it from day dot. So I went into that third audition saying, look, I'm not the same business and the same business woman I was because I've actually failed. And I think if you haven't failed in business, yeah. you don't learn the lessons you need to, to succeed because it had been easy for me. I was the first in the, in the uh, Milton Keynes area to be doing extensions and hairdressing. Wow. So... I was literally getting all the clientele, everyone was loving it. And then when you're closed, it's completely out of your comfort, your control and your comfort zones. And you feel so responsible. I wanted my staff to be able to pay their bills. And I was like, I had all this money in the, the bank account and it had kind of gone. So it was like, this is my third time lucky. And the third time I actually need it. And I do think that the universe works in mysterious ways and everything that's meant to happen is meant to happen. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, the papers, they absolutely trashed my name saying, oh, she's in debt, businesses have closed. Yeah, like, Michelle, that's the reality that, of a business owner. It's, it's a rocky, year, bloody road. Every one of us have had it tight. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I also say God bless the welfare lady as we love Jane. If you listen to Jane, <laughs> we Jane love someone get Jane on in it. We love Jane. And I just feel I'm like that poor woman, what she's had to go through this year because the press have eaten us all up, chewed us out and spat us back yeah. out. But I think we'll come on and we'll talk about that. So this year you got the call and you joined The Apprentice. Tell us about... So to come back after the third time, I think it speaks volumes about you. And I'm actually going to say this as an exclusive most people take four or five times to get on the show. I think this year there was three of us that hadn't applied. And that is not that they three people are amazing. It is literally on the lineup. The reason why I got on that show was because there'd been no Scottish people in 10 years that they couldn't find the right person for it. You know, Vic, that hadn't been anyone from Liverpool in years. Mm -hmm. And I think that we also had two Irish this year. So there's certain yeah. things that are like mapped out. I can almost put money on it that next year we'll see a Welsh person because we didn't have any Welsh this year. And, and it's also down to your business idea. Yeah. So when I tried um, the second year, my business idea was hair extensions and it didn't actually involve my salon and my academy. And I think what they want in, and then what Lord Sugar wants to see is that you are bringing in, but I thought in my head, I can't bring an existing business. It <coughs> needs to be something new. I need to go in with a new idea. So I think that's where, and then they said, no, like, you need to be able to offer him what you've got now yeah. and obviously and be able more. to expand and more. So that's what I came with. And I didn't come with that first year knowledge. I came with third year knowledge. And I was like saying hello to the crew, like, you're yeah, right, morning. Tim, see you again, how are you? And yeah. he's like, just come through, babe. So like, you got yeah. this this year. And, and it's the confidence yeah. from that. And Was it the same people that auditioned you? The... Yeah, I see I see Tim at your fired. And um, I was like, I like, he's literally been the person we you speed dating. Um, oh, yes, yeah, yes, yes. It, like, there's always different people but i'd seen him the first and the second year um, and the format did change because covid year it was a huge queue out the door there was like thousands of people in the room and then when it went to covid it was like eerie we had to wear masks and the yeah. whole process was just really strange even like for isolation like i think it's important to say is we filmed the show post covid yeah. okay we got to go to antigua we got to go to dubai but they were like they were on the brink of maybe not happening because of covid as well yeah we had to do a two regular week... lateral flow yeah. test a week in isolation that's because they oh, didn't really? they didn't want me to fly up to Scotland and fly back down. So like yeah, yeah, so you know there's trolley shots that we shoot. So I actually shot that two and a half weeks before oh, wow. we start like two weeks before we started. It was wow. bizarre. But um this How did you take so much time out of your business? I was away from this is a this is an exclusive. Yeah. I got offered, it was a year ago today we both got we both got offered the seventeenth of March. It, it was St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day. Day. So luckily Irish. And I went so in the toilet and I was at work, and it has everything has to be so top secret. Yeah. And you say one thing in the salon, and it's like girls' world, like wow. everyone will know. So I literally was in the toilet whispering, and I was like, "Hi," and Mandy was like, "I love Mandy. It's great news. You're through." And I was like, ah. the, "I'll like, never forget." When she, she said. Um, so they always do this thing, and I think with everyone. So I had man, I had Cal actually that phoned me, who was like one above Mandy, but we love Mandy. Mandy, Mandy, she, Mandy she's the reason we're on that show, yeah. Right, she and I'm liked like, us and like us Mandy up. for me was the producer that like everybody wanted. Like she actually had empathy for humans, and yes. if anyone is ever lucky enough to work with that woman again, I actually think you're very very lucky because yeah. she was a genuine. Like she did all man. She's so warm. Yeah, and she's just. So professional, but yeah. still so warm. And I but think also, like, on our show, and the world we live in with welfare and everything that's going on, I could go and say to her, Mandy, I'm having a shit day, and I know she would be responsive. So yeah. um, I met Mandy, you met Mandy. She was the producer that put us on the show, but they'll never forget they phoned, and they said, um, unfortunately, 
you're going to have to spend, spend the summer in London. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, yes! Like that little, like, missed breath. You're like, oh my God, oh I my am, God. I'm through. And do you know what? I know it sounds crazy, but deep down I knew. Yeah, I, I think like, you know, like, you know like, from the way they speak to you as well. Yeah. I remember in my final interview with uh, the one at Stephen Street, and I, I asked a very valid question, and I'll talk about this, because <laughs> the one thing I said, because you kind of then start to doubt if it's right for you, and I said, can you guarantee me that everyone on this show is going to have a business? And she went, absolutely, everyone's got great business acumen. And I thought, you've not answered the question there, but... Then when you show up and you realize not everyone has a business, and I thought, but do you know what? That was the one thing I was doubting was like, is this the right move for me? Yeah. And we'll come on and talk about that. But I think that like, there's so much of like, it might not be right for everyone. And I think for us, we obviously are very lucky that we met each other. Very lucky that we, you know, had such a good fun process. So Rochelle, something I need to ask you about is how the hell do you do it all? <laughs> Rochelle owns a business, has two kids, queen of social media and does everything else. How, like, I'm not being funny, but me as a one human, okay, I own about five businesses, but I don't know how you can leave the house in the morning and get two kids dressed. Do you know what I don't? Some days I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> and don't get me wrong, there is some absolute murders in the morning sometimes. Like, my All kids are very strong-willed, yeah. And some days they're like, I'm just, don't fancy it today. And But I also really respect my children. And there's been days where they're like, I just don't want to go in today. And I'm like, cool, no worries, take a new day. Like, if you don't feel it, you don't feel it, let's not do it. Because there are some days I wake up and I feel the same. But one thing I love is like organisation. And I think if you don't plan, you basically are preparing to fail. And what I do is I to a T, like plan out. So for the week, I order my shops and it's like, this is our Monday meal, this is our Tuesday Good. meal, this is our Thursday wow. meal, this is our Friday meal. Um, Friday's only takeaway, it's my <laughs> night off. But I like to cook home-cooked food as well. It's the one thing, as a mum, I always said, I want you to sit down and have your dinner and we'll all enjoy it as a family. I'm not cooking you this, that yeah. and the other. It's good, wholesome, home-cooked yeah. meal. So my diary does reflect around that. I'm there and I'm a present mum. I have one late night a week and I don't work Saturday. So I am in control of my life and the life I want to live because otherwise, what's the point yeah, of being an entrepreneur and owning my own business? Yeah. Um, so I, do, I know it's not easy. And there's some days when I do genuinely feel very overstimulated and very overwhelmed. And I, I feel a bit touched out. I need a bit of silence. My job is very interactive and I'm You need to be on your A game for your job as well. You, can, exactly. you If you're having a shit day, you can't go in and that'll impact someone else. Exactly. And I do think energy is everything. And that, But I do also listen to my body because I know that I have like a really busy few weeks, but then I'll need like maybe two down yeah. days where I just do nothing. Can yeah. I chill out? And I watch shit ton of Netflix. Shit. Yeah, shit but TV. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's, it's knowing that that is also really important to your success. It's knowing that you need a rest day. It's knowing that you need a bit of you time and, not thinking you're being lazy and i think some people think oh you know it's it's sleep when you're dead and work you're nine till when i open my eyes and close my eyes like i don't i don't need any rest and it's like actually you're going to set yourself up for failure it's not a healthy way to work um and i've learned that the hard way most of the I time i think it's important as well that like when you take that downtime i sometimes that's like when i go on holiday you do feel guilty. You, no but then you also feel that's when ideas come to you because exactly. you're not over consumed and i think yeah. that that's so important and that's one thing probably as i'll come on to talk about you have to say, regroup and go back to basis sometimes you'll go oh the books are going a bit lower like people aren't booking in what am I doing? I'm falling off of social media. Yeah. I'm not posting the content that was getting, you know, the views and making yeah. people want to book. So 
those times are when you will feel most inspired because you're rested and rest is so important to recover and I want to be a good mom and I want to be a good businesswoman but I have to do these things in order for that to work in the long term. I think as well as like I just I say this all the time but I have a 90% female team right and I just think how the hell have you got your child to nursery to school and you're in here at the same time as me and the biggest problem I've had yeah. that morning is probably that Starbucks is not getting sugar-free caramel. Honestly, it feels sometimes like I've done a full day at work before I've then got to work. Because yeah. I start at 10 o'clock and I get there at 9.45. And some of the girls are getting up at like quarter past nine and coming into work. And I'm like, that, that would be lovely. But I've been up since six, but I've got everything done. But I also do have a very supportive family. My husband is amazing. He's very yeah. present. He helps out with a lot of stuff around the house. Um, I cook. He'll like tidy up the plates and put them in the dishwasher, empty, things like that. Um, so for us, it's... Working effort, together as a yeah. team, and I couldn't do it by myself. And I think hats off to single parents because yeah. I don't know, I would not get as much done. So I my think parents also, help with the collection on a Wednesday when I do my late night. So it's just about managing everything and not being overwhelmed with it all. And just these are the cards that I'm dealt, so I just have no choice. And I think that's something I've always done. I have no choice but to succeed. Yeah. I don't like to fail. I think as well, any excuse to um, see your mum and dad, because God bless them, they are just the proudest people in the world, they honestly, so they cute. love you. And I think it's important to say that as well, though, it's like, you know, it's not easy, it is going to be hard, but that's one thing I feel that you master to a T. So you left your business, you left your family, your kids, and you went on The Apprentice this year. Obviously, that's where we met, so what, there was everything was gained. But tell me, let's talk about your apprentice experience and sum it up. What have you took from it? Um, so for me, I definitely learned so much in that process about me in terms of patience. I do have young children, and sometimes they'll have tantrums over the silliest things. Sometimes candidates have, have tantrums exactly. over the silliest things. Exactly, and you're dealing with people in very high-pressured environments, and it's a very corporate background yeah. basis. A lot of people are from such corporate backgrounds, and I'm not. Yes. I'm, I'm such a happy, <laughs> We're not the corporate type of people. Exactly. So when you're thrown into that environment, I'm, I'm like, I don't speak with all this corporate jargon that you're saying I just get to the point and I say what I need to say and I also don't have to just speak over people to be the loudest person in the room because I've got nothing to say so I will just sit back and wait until you guys have and say what you want and I think that's that early stages I, do, I wasn't sure if the apprentice was for me because that first episode when the girls were squabbling and bickering yeah. I just thought you in that first like brainstorm meeting it was the, the brainstorming and yeah. and it, I was literally like, everyone is screaming over yeah. each other and they've got nothing to say. So I just took a step back and I was like, I don't need to get involved in that because that isn't a healthy yeah. environment. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's also. not going to get you anywhere. Where the apprentice is like what people probably don't see is, it's like that morning briefing is a fight for who's got, and that can set you up to fail and it can set you up to win a task. And I think that what for me, like me and Michelle obviously met on the apprentice, as I've said, but let's talk about that first initial when we first <laughs> met. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so we are not allowed to talk about anything to do anything. with the task. So I actually hadn't had much interaction with the boys. The girls were kept separate, yeah. the boys were kept separate. We did 
all of our boardroom chats and everything and then it was like separation yeah. so i actually tried to pull up a chair and go and introduce <laughs> myself because there's nothing else to do and they were like no no no, 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 no get no, back no. yeah so we'd arrived in antigua and we'd been in isolation rooms by ourselves like no no phone no camera the yeah. night the night before we went to antigua you, we should also add this that there is no phones no tv no nothing no clock. but we we had just came out of a two-week isolation then we went into another isolation before we went to Antigua, and then we got to Antigua. So at this point, I'm like ready to talk. They were like, "No task talking." Yeah, so that's really hard in itself because I'm such a rule breaker, and I was like, oh, "But I watch your business." Yeah, did I say that? And you want to get to know these people, but if it doesn't happen on yeah. camera, it, it wouldn't make happen, sense. Yeah. So they want to see that interaction. They want to see you building bonds. They want to see you talking about these things. Because if we all knew yeah. Victoria was an air hostess, then we would have gone straight away. Like, She's, yep, yeah. your project manager. But that's what they want to get from the show to make the story. So we didn't speak to each other, but on the bus we'd arrived and it was like we was literally on like an Asian <laughs> day holiday going. The only way I can describe it, it was like it was like Kevin and Perry go large on this because we, we arrived. We were going on an all-inclusive to Antigua. If you could sum up Antigua, it was hands down. I never want to go back. We were worked to the bone and forty degree heat. But what we thought we had got on that bus, and we thought. Yes, we're going to be in the pool. We're going to be coming at large. This is Love Island. What's going on? Yeah. And, and he fight. was coming up with these quips and he's fast. He's really fast-witted and he's a bit <laughs> sarcastic. It literally is just a barrel of laughs and, and my kind of vibe and yeah. humour. So he was sat next to me and everyone was in hysterics. We were just like bantering back and forth, and it was hilarious because you're just in this yeah we're all excited we've got all this energy and we're all like getting ready to get started so straight away i was like this is my kind of guy he's hilarious um he just puts you at ease around him and yeah so when then we got taken off again separated put into my own hotel room no tv no clock no radio i'm lucky i took a book with me um, <laughs> otherwise so I, I, don't know what you I would honestly i i would have been probably braided my entire head of hair <laughs> so i went and sat on the balcony and i could see people like coming in and out of the rooms and they were like stay in your rooms we'll come and get you and you don't know how long you've been there and it felt like hours yeah. but i'd see sahel go down i'd be like what are you doing where are you going sahel what are you, what are you doing, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, and then i see production i'd be like are we coming out of room do you want me to come out and they're like just we'll come and collect you and um, but i was like bored out of my mind like a school kid literally like a school kid so i look i look around the balcony i'm like is that Reese's head? And I'm like, Reese! Screaming. May I add, in Antigua, I've opened up the curtains and I thought, God, I'm in the Caribbean, didn't know where Antigua was till I told them to the Caribbean, and all I hear is, Reese! I was like, who knows me in Antigua? I remember thinking like, so someone from Glasgow here? And there was a race. I, was I like, did it in a Scottish accent as well. Because when he introduced himself as Reese, I was like, oh, right, okay. And I just, in my head, couldn't not say it that way. I think I do. You still do, Reese. So all I hear is Reese. I was like, "Hello." She was like, "Any hairspray?" Still to this moment, I laugh over the got to the be got glued. to be glued. I I was like, "Give me a bit of hairspray," because I was I thought I was gonna have a Monica from Friends moment, and the hair was gonna get bigger by the second. Um, but that was you know our little bonding moment, and. He was across the way, so when our chaperone came and got us, they came and got Marnie and then me and then Reese. So straight away, I was like, "Yeah, he's a boysie. I'm yeah. a friend for I'm life." I've taught you that the boysie chat, and I love that. I think what's so nice as well is I'm like, I genuinely think that we have met a real good group of friends, and no matter what happens in that boardroom, I really know that deep is the one thing I would say about it. So let's talk about in the, in the Apprentice. 
let's talk about your experience. What do you feel if you were to sum it up? Like, tell us the truth. What's the truth of The Apprentice? It is the hardest thing I've probably ever done in my life. And I was very unaware of how difficult it was. Um, I've been a, a big fan of the show, watched it year after year and screamed at the TV like, yeah. these idiots. But what you don't see is that a lot of it is production, it's walking shots, it's long hours, it's very mentally grueling. So when you're doing a maths equation and you're trying to write it on a paperwork, that doesn't work for a camera shot. They're like, we need to hear you Heat doing that. Loud. What are you doing? Because if you come up with a figure, where did you get that from? And it's things like that. And, and that's not how I work. I like to write lists. I like to write notes. You don't have a notepad. You get given it and then it gets taken back away because you could be cheating and sending notes to each other. So it's working in such obscure situations without resources like Google, without resources like Instagram. Do you know the amount of people that comment? Like, why, yeah, why didn't you Google it? Like, why if you thought Google we could have Googled, why didn't you use you SatNav? We would have. Do you think we can use SatNavs? Like, no, and these are things that we actually take for granted in our real businesses. Yeah. Like, if I come up with a new business idea, I'm like straight away thinking about names, brainstorming yeah. names. Then I check. Is that business existing? If they are, is it trademarked? Have yeah. they got an Instagram page? Have I got the handle? Can I get the URL? Yeah. These are all things that you haven't got access to and you're working solely. Like when we go on, on the um, catamaran cruise and we're saying about all the facts, I can't go onto Google and, <laughs> and find say, it out. Yeah, they I get are so given so it in house. a pamphlet and yeah. I have to remember it word for word. So I do it's, think that it's, it's so much so much harder, harder than what people would ever imagine, and yeah. I think that like, and we're all very credible business people, and I think that's the hardest thing to take, yeah, because we are all killing it in the outside world, and then when someone's going, "Oh, you're an idiot," you're so yeah. dumb, and it's it's hurtful because you're like, "We're actually." But not. I also think your brain goes to mush, and they're like, the only way I can describe it is you're so sleep deprived, you're not like you know. Like naturally, because you're out filming all the time, you're not eating like nutritious meals. You're not getting like your normal routine, so you start to go a bit off. And I think that's why it makes good TV because. And you also try your hardest to kind of think outside the box yeah. and be different. And actually, with the resources and the timescales you have, you need to just do simple and just get on with it. Um, and that's the hardest part of it. It's like delegating when you don't know what people's skill sets are. They're like, I'm an amazing person with skincare, and you're like. You're actually in construction. You don't have a, a Scooby-Doo. Brothers, so. if you're listening, that was a name. We I love knew. you, but we do you love it. Stick to the building. That's all we will say on that. But let's talk about a real kind of favourite moment of us together. I just think I'm like we did so much laughs, like so honestly, funny. and it's it's quite funny because I remember like in the house, and I, I'd said this right, but. We are not the type of people to wake up in the morning and be like, morning, morning, morning to 18 people and give everyone a big hug and a kiss because that's just not... That's not me a little while. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. listen, give me half an hour just to warm up. Just give me a minute, yeah. yeah. And I think, like, some people got that misconstrued maybe as if we were, like, you know, like, ice. Whereas we're not at all. No. Very warm people. And I think for you, I remember thinking that right away, like, God, she isn't a people pleaser. And that, for me, is a massive thing that I remember thinking of you because I remember thinking, she's actually probably someone that's like me that I'm not going to go round the room and try and make friends. Yeah. I'm going to make genuine I'm not bonds. calling up anyone's yeah. asshole. Yeah. I'm me and, and that's it. And you, you'll take me as I am. Um, but one of my favourite memories is definitely on our days off when we did Huxley Gymnast no, Club. No. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. We did. No. We piled all the mattresses up in our bedroom and we were flipping <laughs> off of them like children I because we that... had nothing. We were so bored. <laughs> and we were literally flipping off of these mattresses. I was trying to do cartwheels at the back flips. I've never done yeah. a cartwheel not a backflip but I'll the never spits, forget one it. of the producers had said when people come on this show they either turn into old people that want to sleep or they turn into babies that need to be entertained and I went 
we were definitely the babies. The babies that needed to Joe at one point was doing laps around the house. Yeah, he, he we were trying to teach Brad. Like a dog. He literally we were, was um, like, let me out. Of we, this were and, um, we were sat in Rochelle's room. Then she also opened the salon. So we would go to the salon. <laughs> we waxing everyone's eyebrows, doing hairstyles, Do you remember you also doing got lashes. Back massage thing. Yeah, in. and it was, was like, like, and then we like, get in their back massage. We'd all book in for a back massage yeah. in Rochelle's room. I always open a salon wherever I go. But <laughs> The, like the house producer came upstairs and was like, "What the? What so on the earth is going is on?" He, it was he. We were. He was like, "The sound is like you're going to come through the ceiling." It was absolutely hilarious. And we, we doing a couple we of were living our best life. Yeah, I think it is important stuff. to talk about that because a lot of people probably see on camera as if you know serious. we're all we're serious and business people, and you probably know from now here we don't take life that serious. We have strong businesses, but we had a right good laugh during exactly. the film, and I think that's so important to say. So. Let's just talk about, you know, summing your apprentice time up and maybe like talking about, you know, things that people won't know. So it's not easy. Let's talk about when you're announced as a candidate. What happened in your life? You instantly, your phone blows up. People are like, that's where you were. Oh, no way. Because I wondered where you went missing. Um, and it's such a relief and a weight off your shoulders because you knew that you had this huge amazing thing where you've done all these incredible things like bucket list yeah. things you can't tell anyone about it um but it doesn't end there because it's that community spirit especially with milton Keynes. people are like okay week by week they're like you're through again you're yeah. through again i'm rooting for you girl and it's suddenly like this amazing the competition begins again because you've all you've suddenly got like this amazing support network that yeah. are coming along for the journey with you and you're seeing it with fresh eyes because it's the first time you're seeing the edit so it's like nerve-wracking that that thursday before you know what goes oh. on they release a clip and you're like oh so that made the cut but that didn't make the cut and it's honestly the i think it's important ever. to talk about that because we have zero edit control we watch the episode when you watch it but i also think that comes from like i remember us we actually got leaked early do you remember that yeah. and like so i feel like the only way i can describe the way that we all get on is like we're all so close because you go through every emotion together like when you're winning that task you're like i'm taking over the world then when you lose it you're like i hate life then you have get a phone, then, and then you have the phone call home and you're just like i just want to go back to normal yeah. life and it's like the bonds become so authentic and so real because there's no phones yeah. there's no checking instagram there's nothing at the back, yeah. and it's just genuine pure conversations and, and i feel probably one of the moments that I felt like our bond had got there because yeah. obviously for me I was missing my kids dearly and I always say they're my strength and my weakness yeah. so as soon as I got that call to them it was like it boosted me again I was like right I'm here for all the right yeah. reasons they're okay and actually they're going to keep me strong now because I've had that little bit of you know oxytocin from them <laughs> so I'd get off the phone and it's like a knot it's in my stomach I can't just it's like a homesick feeling and I'd come out and recently the first person to come just give me a big bear hug and he'd hold me and I'd probably be like cry. cry. I remember you used to cry. No. I just missed like, <laughs> And that in itself was he didn't know how much I needed at the time. And I probably didn't know how much I needed at the time, but it just gave me that little bit more to go, I can keep going because I didn't have my friends and family there to give him that hug and he was that person and i don't think you know how much that meant no, to me at the time <laughs> but i just think i'm like it's what's so nice though as well as i'm like i remember just like in the house the way that all of us were but then out the house it's like we all need to make the effort to see each other yeah. we're sat here in mountain king we had rochelle's birthday party last yeah. night which is amazing and i'm like you know the effort comes down to us and it's yeah. like 
you know, you'll be coming up to Scotland in a exactly. few weeks. And like, it's all on like, when you leave, it's about making that effort with those yeah. who want to. And I think that, you know, all of us get on. We all love each other as 18 people. No, I can't describe like the love you have for those people yeah. because you respect bonded, them so much. Yeah, you're bonded instantly because you don't have phones. It's not surface level. You're really getting to know that person. So deep. deep level. Exactly. You start having these like strange, I remember like being really strange conversations about like, you know, <laughs> I, I really like prawns. And it's like, why? And then I'm like, you would not be having this conversation in the new world. It's just because How you're so... How do you like your prawns? <laughs> and so if it's Brad, he doesn't like fish and we know that because any, any meal that you made. And I think it's important to say Rochelle for me and the house was like the chef, the mum, everything. But I think everybody just respects you so much. And now we can officially say... In the bloody final! How does that feel? What's what does that feel like to be in the final? It honestly feels amazing because I said I pinpointed a goal where I wanted to get to and I surpassed that. Yeah. I initially said I wanted to get to final five, and that was simply down to I think you are remembered quite well for being going through that interview stage and then you talk about your business so that was going to make it worthwhile for me because i went on there to showcase my business and my business acumen and it's that one point where you're like okay this is who i am and what i'm about so the fact that i've surpassed that is just in itself even more amazing and And i think you probably were doubting yourself you probably don't head and i just think you do i had quite a few losses on that task and even though i wasn't on the losing side of the task maybe where it was responsibility laid it's still upsetting because you think this reflects badly on me too i know it's a team effort but i did everything i could but i'm not working by myself and that's what i'm so used to doing like i'll work until 3 a.m to get the job done but you can't do that when you're in a house and you're not you don't know everyone's skill set you don't know everyone's strengths yet and obviously when you work with a team like you do on the outside you very quickly pick up their skill sets and you train them if you can't get them to that point and that's why it's like well i can't train you on this because i don't have the time to we have two days to get the task done and i think as well it's something so important to talk about right we film 100 hours of tv for a one hour episode so the storyline that makes the edit might not be big to us at the time like i even remember like watching the episode where kev went and i was like i don't remember that happening put it that way like but the way that the edit works is they need to work back the way so whoever's getting fired is going to get a bit more of time to tell the story and i think that so many times like i watch an episode and i'm like i can't believe that storyline never made it on that storyline and it's not that you know there's nothing scripted with the apprentice but you know it's it's difficult to talk about that like there is a story and essentially we're characters that tell a tale and we're all building our own characters so um, obviously, we had a great fun on it, but let's talk about any sort of negatives of it. And I think that it's important to say, like, you know, life just isn't quite the same once you're announced as a candidate. Yeah. But talk about, like, you know, anything that you maybe think, you know, this is the shit side of it. And it's yeah. not that we are, that you're not looking for sympathy, but just that maybe people don't know. Yeah, it's probably the it's probably the fact that people have such easy access to you with things like social media. You need to have social media because it does help you in this day and age. If you don't have it, you're missing such a trick with your businesses. But at the same time, it can be quite toxic because people will comment and that one bad comment will feel so much more painful than the 50 good comments you've got. And that it's so judgmental and i yeah. think that's the hardest thing because you want to bite back and sometimes i do and i'm a bit sassy yeah so any trolls out there i'm going to tell you this, there's I'm one sure. person you don't want to fight with is you because you i've saw some of the comments and you're yeah. like you go I'm back at them good for you yeah though. and you know what i think people change their perception and then suddenly they're like no 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 you took it the wrong way like i didn't mean it like that and you actually think you did yeah. but i've called you out and you're bullshit yeah. and now you're backtracking but also it's, it's a sign of you know that they're threatened by the I'm fact a real person yeah. behind that 
computer screen and I have real feelings and emotions. Yeah. And actually, I don't care enough about your opinion to kind of get too deep into it. But what I'm going to do is ridicule you because you took the time yeah. to say something so petty when you don't know the half of it. Um, and I so think yeah. that for me, right, it's like the one thing that I would say just changes. Like, you know, there is a magnifying glass on every aspect of your life. And I'm like, yeah. for, for us this year, you know, if, if Jane's listening, God bless her, but Jane is our like welfare coordinator essentially. And she basically, we love her. Like, I'm so good to do my Jane and Brett and Jay. Hi, Reese. I love her, honestly. We love her so much, but she's basically there to work as like, and it is great that the show put it in. So she basically checks in with you. However, it's like, what a ride she's went through because the yeah. papers this year have literally eaten us up, chewed us, and spat us back out. Yeah. And from the minute, you know, the six of us were leaked. I say mm -hmm. leaked because we know that we weren't leaked, right? But like, six of us were leaked early. And from that day, it was like, I don't think that quite prepares you for people to look at you as a person and slate every single thing about yeah. the way the My way that books. I speak, the way that I look, the way yeah. that you what you wear. It's all yeah. about it's she's got lip filler, duck lips, duck lips. I actually had my lips lips dissolve before the show. And when you have a dissolver, your lips can sometimes go like more wrinkly than they did before because you do lose your natural collagen and your lips have been outstretched, so it did look a bit weird. So in the end, what I did was I actually just got 0.5 and in a Russian technique, so it's like much more flat. And from the side, I didn't have duck lips. But people are like, like she's got too much makeup on. Why is she wearing that block color? Why is she wearing that blue dress again? And it's it's so annoying because you're like, I was told to wear that outfit. I had to get that approved. I had to wear it every boardroom before continuity and silly things like that. And it's like, there's no way you had 20 minutes to get ready. Why would we lie? Yeah, I think that people just, people, and everyone is entitled to their opinion. We can't go on a show with 9 million viewers every week and expect people not. I'm like, really? I actually don't give a fuck. Do you? Yeah, it's not that deep. It's not it that, really like, if there's a quote that you take from us, it's, it's not that deep. Not and I'm like, honestly, that's the one thing I will say. So, Rochelle, maybe tell us a secret that we don't know about the um, so the boardroom outfits that you see are pre-approved and if you wore a suit you weren't allowed to then wear a dress because of continuity so we film our intros and our outros ahead of the show yeah. so that if Taxi. you're walking out and you have the scarf the trench coat that is basically because whatever you've got underneath it could be a different color um but if i suddenly had a trench coat and a blue pair of trousers but i walked into the boardroom in a, a blue dress then it wouldn't correlate so you don't know when you're going to go at what point and that's why they do that and also because they love block colors because it works really well on camera no blacks which no is blacks, a disappointment which is that, to me <laughs> because all i wear black. is all black everything but i think it's also like people probably might find that's quite interesting because I do, but your outfits need to be set and approved. And if someone gets in before you, like I remember having a debate and I was like, I am not an ex mannequin. Like, <laughs> and I remember sticking to it because I'm like, I would not wear what you're suggesting me to wear. So the company that I ended up, ended up wearing that beige suit, and he's like, I hate <laughs> Poor it. boy, he had a yeah. tweed beige suit on in the warmest day, oh, but I know it's just kind of blessing. In Antigua, in that thick woolen suit. But that's the thing, they would say, look, we don't want everyone to look the same. And if I didn't get my pink caramelin dress approved, because someone got in that week, yeah. then I could wear it maybe for the third week. And when someone went home that was wearing that pink caramel dress, I was suddenly allowed to wear it. So it's things like that because the zip on my orange one was just know, really dodgy. One time, this is actually a really good secret. Great, I had it literally pinned with so many safety pins all the way up the back and sat down. And in the cafe, I was like, don't get my back, don't get my back in, guys, because I was so nervous that you was going to see my complete exposed back because the zip was so malfunctioned. <laughs> Do you remember they sent it to the dry cleaners and brought it back? It was still and it broke. It was still broken. I was like, the zip needs changing, and it was they didn't fix anything. But it was a very weird mechanical issue. But that's the thing. You 
I spent thousands of pounds getting the caramel dresses in. And then they were like, no, it doesn't work. You can't use that. You can work for task if you want. And I'd be like, why? And then you go on the show and you're like, I uh, see yeah. why, because you've got that color and that yeah. color. So if you could say what is your best moment so far on The Apprentice? <gasps> Gosh, that's do you know what? It's probably meeting the people that I met. Um, because in what world would I ever meet you yeah. living in Scotland? Yeah. Um, that's definitely up there, and probably the immersive event. I Love that, loved that it? so much. You would have honestly, that would have been racist. Task. You would have wiped the I actually was off. told, like, um, so I was actually told that when I went, like, really? one of someone was like, I've been planning a task for you, and I'm like, yeah, so um, it's a shame, but it I think gutting. you know what I was actually just thinking about there. I never did the taxi shop. Didn't you? No, well, I didn't get fired, so. Oh, yeah, you did it. So, yeah, 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 like, didn't. I didn't do that. I job. didn't do it. Yeah. We are the only two that did it. So, um, taxi shots. And if you do win, you actually refilm your taxi shot and you get into a Rolls Royce, which is very oh. nice. Um, so, we actually do film two endings as well. I think that's nice to tell people. Um, so, so you as a finalist, you didn't even know for the full year. So, last night we found out you have made it to the final and we couldn't be happier. But we have obviously been sitting on this information for a year, but tell the audience, when do you find out if you've won? So you actually find out when you go into your, your fired episode, and mine is being filmed this Tuesday, so I will then find out. So I film a reaction as though I've won and a reaction as though I haven't won, and then I find out, and then on Thursday, the actual episode goes out, um, because they have to keep it so watertight, because can you imagine that information getting Could you imagine walking around with that? Everyone would yeah. talk about it. And do you know what I just find so bizarre? You know, I, the only way I can describe The Apprentice is life's just never quite going to be the same once you've been on the exactly. TV, right? But people will stop you in the street and be like, who's won? The most asked question, people constantly say, Who's won? Who's won? And I'm like, I can't tell you. I don't even know my question for my podcast reviews, which doesn't ever happen. <laughs> the interviewee becomes the interviewer. I love it. Um, what would you change um, out of any of the tasks if you could, or would you keep everything the same? I think one task that really sticks out for me, obviously, is cartoons. It was the most talked about, I felt, in my own life thing. That, Why did you forget the hands and feet? I was like, Listen, there is two teams. You're not allowed to communicate until the end of the day. And unfortunately, we failed the task. But I think it was important to talk about it. Like, I maybe would have changed. It was a bit too deep, right? Yes. For that age for and that, that demographic. demographic. But I still believe that the message was real and authentic. Yeah. And I think that I probably would have made it a lot more interactive. Simple. Simple inter for kids of that age. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I would have changed. But honestly, I don't would have changed much about the no, experience like same i think that like everything's meant to be everything's mapped out and okay i am gutted that i didn't win right yeah. but i think that i made the choice that i had to take my health but do you over know that. but do you know what also i think that's a really important factor and fundamental thing with business is that you don't know success until you failed yeah, and i think most business owners have gone through that with the pandemic and no, because I remember seeing the money just so quickly depleting yeah. from my account, having to pick between a branded ketchup yeah. and a non-branded ketchup and saying, actually, I better go for the cheaper option. But that element of being on the brink of failure makes you come back stronger. But I think that's why lessons. you are so strong. Because, yeah. And I'm like, Rochelle's very transparent on the show and talks about the hair industry being so impacted by COVID. And every industry was... Do you own up to your mistakes? All of these things, I think, are so important.
to knowing whether someone is yeah. an all-rounder. And I think that's what I showcase, that I am an all-rounder. Yeah. I'm very I think good you about to roll your sleeves in. up. And yeah. that's one thing, I'm a like, grafter. Yeah. I get shit done. And I think that's one thing I will say is, like, they notice that, like, you know this as well, but, like, yeah. me, you and Danny, were all told in the boardroom, if you don't know what you're doing, you roll your sleeves up and you try it. And exactly. that's the one thing that I would say. So yeah. I would love to ask you this. If you had a magic wand, what would you do? next um do you know what i would love to just keep my family's health and wealth secure and have that comfortability knowing that no one's going to get any terrible serious illnesses like my parents are quite elderly now and i'm 75 and i just want to put them in like cotton wool and keep them safe because i don't genuinely know what i would do without my kids my dad my husband my mom oh my kale what a boy yeah it's such a boise and i I just think that is so much more important to me than money and i obviously want to make sure that i don't my parents mortgage is paid off that they're not everyone's just living comfortably and that there's never a stress or a worry like have we got enough of that this month or do we need to make a cut back here and that's probably the one thing that i would you know, nothing else matters to me than just It's like protection and putting them in. And I think you know that too. Health, and I think that's health the one thing, so I'm like, important. sometimes you need to just pick your battles wisely. And I'm like, I think that me five years ago would have probably been like, oh my God. Whereas I'm like, everything's meant to be, we're so, we we're so zen, we trust the process. We are like, what's honestly, I would say we're like monks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I firmly believe what's meant to be will be. And what's what's not meant for you will pass you by. And I also think is sometimes the sometimes the route you take isn't going to be the easiest. Like, my mum always also says... What you think is right yeah. for you. And everything is a lesson or a blessing and you do get to the point where you say, actually, that didn't happen and I'm so thankful. Or that did happen yeah. and I'm thankful. Because at the time, you don't see the lesson behind it. But, but you then like, ultimately do learn from it. We talk about this, right? And my mum always says... You couldn't just have went on that show and got hired or fired, could you? <laughs> and I'm like, but what? No, you have to go out in Truby style. Juries. But like, I just think like, taking unwell during that show taught me so much. And I always ask this, right? In life, you get a lesson or you get a blessing, right? But like, I just remember, you remember seeing me that day and like, I was just so... I was very, very worried and concerned. And I told over one of the house producers, he was like quite senior, and I said, look, this is serious like and you were like oh my god i think that's yeah. the one moment where i thought i could I, I just remember thinking do you know what i'm about to potentially walk away from this and i don't give a fuck because it's so i was so meant so much more important, important to me that I, I don't think i've ever felt like that yeah so um what i'm going to come on to is i asked our lovely listeners to send in some questions so we're going to do a bit of a quick fire round Thank you. so first question sent in by jordan what did you find the hardest bit of the process working with reese isn't an answer (laughs) um so definitely being away from my kids um i mentioned earlier that they are my strength but they also my weakness and one little cuddle from them that oxytocin that's released just keeps me going and i didn't get that um and i think that's definitely the hardest thing from the process being without them yeah i think and you you handled it so well because to walk away from two kids i was like you and sharon were the only people with kids next question is from our victoria she said, how does it feel to be the fittest mum on earth? <laughs> I'll take that title. <laughs> we yeah. love it. Um, <laughs> next question is from Matthew. 
which moment made you cringe the hardest oh, this year? Definitely being at Magic Mike with them Adonises <laughs> and basically saying their skin green. I walked in with my briefcase and it was just so cringe. <laughs> and then I was like, hi boys. And then I passed out this green sludge and was like, don't use too much because they were really slacking it on their skin. And I was like, I hope that the women in your show later on like <coughs> green because that don't come off. Um, that was definitely probably my cringiest moment because what you don't know is John Lewis and Superdrug actually came up to me in that pitch and I delivered it and it was all like BHA and BCA and these are the you know key core active ingredients in a product and then they came up and they were like your product knowledge is exceptional but it is though because you I think one thing that I love about you and love about your business is you love to educate your staff like you will never be able to argue with someone having a piece of paper and a certificate to prove their value and prove their work and your business and mine have a lot of synergy with that it's like your staff are well trained i am a training provider and that's one thing that i really think is that got you into that final because you're such an educator everyone's trained in everything that they do Mm -hmm. and they're also education is everything and even my idea for the skincare was all about education because i don't think men really understand educating uh, sorry I, I think that if you can educate someone as to why they need to have that product in their life that is going to be the, the reason why they pick it yeah. up and buy it and i don't think men really have the understanding as how good skincare is so what i wanted to do is make it quick and easy all three steps in one and educate them as to why they have to have it because then you're going to have someone that's a consumer for life and that's what i do with my business i always say i'd rather have a whole bunch of a team of employees that are very well trained in the risks that they might leave or have people in your team that are untrained because you don't want them to leave and to me i know training is so important and i'm a leader and i don't boss people around i just show them how to do it if i get a bad review i'm like what did i do to cause that person's bad review because i know that actually my staff need a bit more training in that area yeah. so let me show them how to do that let me show them how to greet clients let me do these things the basics the key core concepts that started off and got me my success in the business and in the industry and um and and go from there and that's exactly what i try to do in the task but obviously you can't be training everyone on a two-day task <laughs> i mean we'd still be standing there we now would. and i think that is important to probably tell everyone that like there is a hundred hours of TV that go into that one hour episode. The boardroom's 20 minutes, so you're really, you've got 40 minutes to showcase. So you, obviously, they're obviously going to show the weaknesses because they need yes. to get rid of someone. Next question we have is, what do you do in the house all day without your phones? <laughs> we turn into children. Yeah, we, we turn, yeah, we turn into children. Yeah, we've done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what? You get to know people on deeper levels and sleep is currency you nap you rest you do your laundry it was summer so we did also sunbathing stuff we had a barbecue i cooked a lot we were planning sports day and then it rained and then it rained we had that all ready to go but yeah you just you just kind of just laze around and chill out you need to do your own washings as well you know we fight over who's getting the tumble dryer wash your hair because you're not going to get a chance on the task to do it things like that so no i think that was some great questions that came in there one thing i also need to say is who was the chef of the house that leads me on to my next thing because there is one thing that we always talk about. Now, 
I firmly believe that you are going to do so much more TV, but I want everyone else to know. What shows would you do? There's two that have always been very high up on my pecking order, and that is I would adore and absolutely love to do Shortly Come Dancing and MasterChef. Yeah. And one day they might do a dancing chef program, <laughs> and I'll be like, tick, there we go. <laughs> I honestly think, right, Strictly is such about you, but Matt, the stuff that you cook, right? I'm just like, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. One day I definitely want like a cookbook because my husband will go in the fridge and he'll be like, we haven't got anything, let's order a takeaway. And I'm like, are you joking? I can make six meals out of that. And I should do a series <laughs> about make something out of nothing. And to cook and for 18 exactly people is a hard job. But yeah. Michelle was definitely... I love flavours. I never use recipes. I just literally add a bit of this, a bit of that. <laughs> I, I, I have a kinesthetic mind, so I can be shown something once visually and then I can recreate it. And that's exactly what I love about creating recipes and meals because it's just a way to get my creative juices flowing. Yeah, and I think that if there's one thing that I learned is she's some chef. I also <laughs> think it might be time for you to tell everyone what you've done for me, which Aww. was just the nicest thing ever. It, do you know what? Obviously, I mentioned earlier that Reese's cuddles after my calls just kept me together. It gave me a minute to like really just acknowledge regroup. how I felt and regroup. <laughs> and I was like, how can I give him that recreation of what he's done for me? And he kept banging on about these square sausages. And I was like, what the hell is a square sausage? I do know now, and I can confirm they are delicious. But he, he missed some home comfort. Yeah. I just wanted a can of iron brew, a square sausage, and a potato scone. I didn't want to be shouted at over a bloody logo anymore. I was over it. So we went on a task. And as he was away, I was like, when you guys come, it's a really early, not a task. A treat, a treat sorry. sorry. We went on a treat, went go-karting. The only treat I got. But it was so early, we had to get up before the actual um, venue opened so i did it full into breakfast when they came back to the house i'm such a mum aren't i <laughs> you are I she had it ready babies. for us and so then nice. so what i did was i squeezed all of the sausage meat out of the like casing and i like flattened it out with the results i had and made it into a square shape and then cooked it so it's a bit crispy because that's what he said i had no clue what i was doing and he came back and he was like <gasps> oh i was just like do you know that way the only way i can describe it is like See if someone does something for you, and you're just like, there was so genuine. And the outside one, you could just go and get it. I but was you going put and your get heart it. It's like when someone makes you like a scrap, that's exactly. what it felt like. Yeah, it's it's that heartfelt thing. I was like, I just want to recreate how oh. you've helped me emotionally be there. But you can't just go and buy a cute thing, a thank you card. Can't you don't do have that. anything in there. Like my kids will draw me a card, Bless and that them. means everything to them. And that's, I literally felt like I was a kid because I was like, this is all I can offer you, but here you go. It's, it's my appreciation. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Another bond. Another bond. Reese, and I'm like, now Reese people like Reese and Rochelle show. If anyone's listening out there, listen, it may be BBC Sounds, but the Reese and Rochelle show should be R&R. &R. I can see the logo. R&R &R oh, no. back to back. Um, Rochelle, I have a few questions. As we sit here on the Scottish CEO show, I want you to tell me, what do you think a successful CEO is? Um, I think a successful CEO is definitely someone that has failed and learned and come back from their strengths. Yeah. I think if you don't fail, you're never going to learn any lessons from that. And you're never going to be able to know what to do not to fail again. Um, and just always remembering that if something's going wrong, go back to basics. I think so often we forget the fundamental things that got us where we, we, we were. And we just so quickly go, I'm trying to keep up with this person, I'm trying to keep up with that person. And actually, go hard with your USP, go hard with your brand, and people will love and stay there because it's a trusted brand and they, they know that yeah. they can continue to go there time and time again. I think as well as about being a CEO, I always think it's about vision. 
and like if you bring no one else is going to have the same vision as the ceo of a business yeah and i think that's so 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 important to say i touched on this earlier and i'm going to ask again for me everything in life is a lesson or a blessing what was the apprentice for you I definitely think at the time, I probably would have said a huge, huge lesson, but when you look back and you reflect, it's so true what everyone says. The hardest things make you the strongest yeah. you'll ever been. And it definitely was a blessing to me because it's got my salon busier again. It's opening up doors. I've met some incredible people from it. So I've also learned a lot about myself, patience. Totally. You learn skills. New business skills. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, in what world would I ever be able to do all of the different things yeah. that I was able to do? Especially with the final, I was able to literally talk and pitch in front of industry professionals that I've looked up to my entire career. Yeah. And they were talking they and acknowledging my you... name. They know who it's I amazing. am. That's just wild to me. And I'm super excited to watch it. <laughs> I'm so excited week. to see it too. So, one thing I always like to finish on, and it's something that you know me and you are very spiritual. We love the law of attraction. We love the gratitude. And what time is it? Probably 11, 11. So I want to finish <laughs> off by asking this. If you had a favorite quote, what would it be? My ultimate favorite quote, which was very misconstrued on my intro bit on uh, the Meet the Candidates, but it is, you are you and that is your power. Um, that always resonates and rings so true to me because I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood where I was such a different look and a different ethnicity. I had dark hair, dark skin, dark eyes. And I grew up with girls that were like, you know, put on a pedestal because they were blonde hair, blue eyed, and people were so attracted to them. So I never... I felt like I was an ugly duckling growing up. People never really understood or saw my beauty. And it was always, you know, beauty is skin deep, obviously. 100%. But when you grow up and you don't think that you are the normal beauty standards, you can't go into a shop and buy things. You refuse going to a hair salon because your hair's too big and frizzy. It's all those things that... I, at the time, didn't know how to own. And now at 36, I own it. I'm like, people love me for me. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that they choose me. And if they don't like me for me, then goodbye. But I'm only ever going to be me. I'm always going to be in this skin. I'm always going to be with this hair color and these eyes because that's what I was given when I was born. And, and it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And it's like, I am me and... I'm not you, and that's okay, because if I try and be you, if I try and focus on what you're doing, I'm never going to be a, my true, authentic self, and I think that you always have to be genuinely who you are, and own it, and love it, and trust it. So own who you are. Who you are. If you could tell your younger self a couple of things, what would it be? It would be believe in yourself, um, know who you are, and keep going. I think that I, I'm not a quitter. I do not quit. Um, but I also sometimes would probably not have put myself forward for situations because I didn't believe in yeah. myself enough. But now I'm like, I am who I am. And you take it or you Love it, it or lump it. There we go. Um, no. What's your favourite quote, Reese? Has anyone ever asked you this? Um, I've got so many, but... If you could pick one. If I could pick one, do something every day that scares you. That's a good one. And that's Life what The Apprentice did yeah. for us. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And the reason yes. why I went on The Apprentice is... Nothing good happens in your comfort zone. Like the, being in comfort zone is so boring. And the reason why I went on that show is I've spoke to you about this. Like I was suffocated in my own business and yes. I needed to get out. I needed to go and do something. Like, let's go to extremes and then there's going to wait for three months with no phone. <laughs> but I just think, like, do you know but what? But it proved a big lesson to you that yeah. your business can run without you because you've got the key core foundation yeah. 
and you've trained everybody and actually you can take a step back regroup and go back in with new ideas fresh ideas and actually expand the business more but i think you also get inspiration by not being in the business every day so mm -hmm. no i would definitely say do something every day that scares you rochelle thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today you are a super mum you are a serial entrepreneur you are an apprentice finalist and you are my favorite from the show thank you so much thank for joining you for me. Having me and i look forward to watching your journey and continuing on i hope you've all enjoyed this and please remember to like and subscribe for the next episode